This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Thanks for being with us today. As you've been hearing on the news, Mike Farnworth, BC's Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General, is using some extraordinary powers under the state of provincial emergency to keep British Columbians safe, to maintain the essential movement of goods and services, and to support the ongoing response to COVID-19. Let's bring in Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief, to talk a bit more about this. Keith, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Jill. Uh, These are some pretty, I mean, we've had states of emergency before with the wildfires, so that's not uh, really something new, but these measures are pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I've never been seen before, never been enacted before. It basically gives uh, the government, the central government, the BC government, the power to do a number of things. Uh, Much of the focus from today was about ensuring we have a strong, robust chain of supply of goods and provisions, and that's food, other provisions, and medical equipment, that there's a free flow of them, that the flow of goods uh, transcends and um, is basically exceeds any municipal power to thwart the flow of goods. Many municipalities, for example, have a, a bylaw in place that you can't deliver things after a certain uh, time of night, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Yeah, there can be no commercial deliveries. That's now stand down. Uh, there can be 24-7 delivery of things uh, to... to um, distribution centers. There's also uh, power to, just in case, to get ready, and this is, again, a lot of this stuff is just-in-case stuff, to designate community centers, convention centers, potentially schools to be used as for quarantine purposes, uh, as medical facilities. If we suddenly have too many people in hospital, do, that exceeds the number of beds, that these other facilities can be used uh, for overflow. And again, this is worst-case scenario stuff. Also, uh, designating municipal bylaw officers are no longer worried about uh, your parking or your your dog license. It's now um, they are now going to be uh, enforcing the public health orders from Dr. Bonnie Henry. If you're caught congregating in too big a crowd, you're going to get potentially fined. Uh, and uh, and again, the the enforcement's going to be stepped up considerably, and there are penalties uh, for violations. So it's a it's another stepping up of powers from government to stop the spread of the virus, and it's basically stuff that's going to be in their back pocket, really, uh, rather than something you're going to see uh, uh, visible. An interesting Mike Farmer today in his in his news release released nine pages. Uh, detailing what is considered an essential service. And that's why you're not seeing any closures of things today. It's a, it's actually almost the reverse, to say there are so many things that are essential in our society, they must remain open. And that's primarily about... Um, the, about food and and vital provisions, and that means so you, you look at how you get your food. It's everything from the farmer to the to, and the harvester to the truck driver who drives your goods to the people who pack things for for food to get it into the truck, the truck that takes it to the grocery cent, uh, mall, uh, grocery store, and the people who work in the grocery store. That whole chain there is deemed essential, and you see that on a number of other fronts as well. Uh, does it actually give bylaw officers more power? Because one of the questions I've been getting getting from people is uh, you generally, generally speaking, bylaw officers aren't feared, for lack of a better word, as much as, say, police officers. Does it give you, them you more power? Met, you haven't met Victoria Parking uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, does, it gives them, it, just, it redeploys their responsibilities. 
So instead of issuing parking tickets, I think, they're going to be looking for violations of public orders. And that means um, groups of people um, going places where they're not supposed to be going. If they see the proverbial, Bonnie Henry's referred to basketball games, for example, outdoors, uh, bylaw officers will be told, I think, um, try to enforce that by not having that. It doesn't mean that they're going to be able to lock people up or anything, but they'll be basically asked to sort of aid in the surveillance of improper activities that violate uh, primarily the physical distancing rule, uh, but also um, any other public order that uh, Dr. Barney Henry makes. Uh, there's a line in there on travel as well, because I was uh, somebody had asked me if there was any move or, or if there was going to be any move to restrict ferry traffic or to stop people uh, from even going between Vancouver Island and the mainland. Uh, that does say, though, uh, that it, they can direct passenger and car ferry operators uh, to mm-hmm. provide minimum services, a priority for residents and essential goods. Yes, and, and minimal service levels is the key there. But, you know, um, ferries and C-SPAN in particular, uh, C-SPAN, I live on Vancouver Island. It's an island. And our goods come by truck and containers. And that that flow of goods has to be maintained. So much of it comes over on the C-SPAN barges. And so that has to be maintained. But a bunch of it also comes on BC ferries. You know, the bottom car deck is filled with trucks. And so the trucking industry is vitally important right now. It's deemed uh, an essential service, and it must be able to continue to serve. And that means um, uh, marine uh, byways. Uh, they, uh, they have to be able to, uh, be able to access ferries and, and barges, and that's, uh, that's designated at all. But again, the word is minimum, so I don't expect BC Ferries. BC Ferries, is, for example, has already reduced its, its number of runs because it's, it's just not getting as many people right now for obvious reasons. So that'll be reduced, but it has to, those, that link must be maintained. It also talks a bit, and you mentioned this, so the city of Vancouver is a little bit different because it has the Vancouver Charter, but it does say that going forward, the city will require permission to issue new orders under yes. its own state of emergency. It, it washes out or, or kind of nulls and voids the other states of emergency from other municipalities. Uh, so does it seem strange? Why did we go through uh, this patchwork of having the different municipalities announce these states of emergency if there was no reason to because now the province is doing it for them? Well, that's, that's a very good, very good question. I can tell you, I picked up a, a, a noted, um, not anger, but disappointment in senior levels of the of the BC government in Vancouver invoking its own state of emergency and others doing it. It was not seen as helpful. You have to have a consistency around the province. You heard Premier John Horgan refer to a patchwork of emergency declarations. Uh, sometimes they can be at odds with each other. So Vancouver is separate because it operates under what's called the Vancouver Charter, which is a unique uh, piece of legislation that governs Vancouver. Nobody else, nobody necessarily has that. So the province will uh, basically now take control of all states of emergency going forward. And that includes Vancouver. Vancouver's will remain in place, but as you mentioned, uh, it specifically uh, uh, mentions that going forward, the provincial uh, emergency designation will take uh, precedence over the Vancouver one. So it's really to get everybody on the same page uh, and have a central um, guiding hand here. And this is this new task force that Mike Farnworth has set up, particularly on the, on the supply chain. Uh, but it's also to his orders are also to assist Bonnie, Dr. Bonnie Henry's um, 
steps to take to protect public safety in stopping the spread of of, uh, of the virus that to just basically give her orders a little more heft here to ensure that they're followed. You heard John Horgan and Mike Farmer say, you know, these are not recommendations; these are orders. And I think you're going to see a tougher a tougher hand played here in the days ahead because we're really, you know, talking to Adrian Dix and Bonnie Henry consistently, we're bracing ourselves for what's about to come. We really haven't been into this thing yet. Uh, we've only got 600 and change cases, only 50 or 64 hospitalizations, but they are bracing themselves. Keep in mind, Adrian Dix has cleared out more than 3,800 hospital beds. That gives you an indication of what the scenario is of what could be coming here. And that's why these extraordinary steps are being taken now because we're not, these aren't taken because we have 600 cases. These are being taken because there's an anticipation we could have thousands of people in hospital. Absolutely. Uh, one other question, Keith, and that has to do, uh, like you mentioned, and the release is a lengthy one that goes into what is deemed essential. Uh, does this give you the impression then uh, that BC is not going to be going to the route, the route of some of the other provinces like Ontario that have shut down shuttered businesses except for those uh, deemed essential? Because it seems like even under this list, if that was to happen, most things would stay open. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with Mike Farnworth and Adrian Dix about this. Uh, the the feeling on from their point is we are moving step by step to a very to, I think the word lockdown is the wrong word we're moving uh, to a much more restricted society that prevents the flow of people uh, and congregating of people because that's the main way you stop the spread of the, of the virus you get people apart from each other and they're doing as much as they can to do that and I'm not sure just shutting down random businesses who on their own are taking steps to ensure people or stay apart uh, is really going to be that much more effective. So they think that Bonnie Henry's approach, which is to sort of curtail the movement of people and the gathering of people on a strongly recommended basis, will get the point across to enough people who will voluntarily follow this to stop a further heavier hand of suddenly shutting down the entire economy. And if you look closer at some of the proverbial lockdowns that are occurring out there, you start looking at the fine print. They're not really lockdowns. California, people say it's under lockdown. Well, it's got 16 exemptions. 16 sectors are exempted. Ontario has exemptions as well. So it's a nice, tough-sounding word, but I'm not sure it's actually uh, that accurate a description of what's actually occurring. BC is taking enormously restrictive steps here, and uh, will take further steps, but it still allows people to circulate as long as they stay there two meters apart. If we, if Bonnie Henry gets evidence this isn't being followed, look for her to take tougher measures. Uh, as I say, we're not at the, even really at the beginning of this thing, uh, and the end is still a far, long ways away, so many more things could happen. All right, we'll leave it there. Keith, thank you. All right.